One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. So after uh, the Bucks lost 27 to 14 in San Francisco, or two to San Francisco 49ers in Santa Clara, it was interesting because Todd Bowles told his team that there, you know, there's no moral victories. They're done with those. They have to start getting, you know, real wins. And of course, that's what they've been aiming for all along. But Steve, this seems like this was one of their last sort of mulligans, if you will. Um, you know, they've lost to the Eagles. They lost to Detroit. And now they've lost to San Francisco, three teams that lead their division. They are not in that weight, weight class. They are punching up, trying to get there. And what's left on the schedule there's one more team that they absolutely won't be favored to beat, and that's Jacksonville at home. Then there's four NFC South teams, Green Bay and Indianapolis, who they play at their place next week. But are you a glass half empty or half full after this performance against the Niners? Because on the one hand, they got beat, and Brock Purdy was nearly Mr. Perfect, or it was Mr. Perfect in terms of his rating. And yet they had their chances, like, they're down 27 to 7, get it to 24, 27 to 14. Kate Opton drops a touchdown pass and they get the ball back and they're driving again and end up turning it over on downs. So, realistically, with a couple more plays, they could have taken a lead 28 27, but ifs and buts, right? We'd all have a Merry Christmas. No, you don't, but there, there are good things, to, as you said, to take from this game. I mean, you go into the season. You went into this week. You went into whatever. Did anyone expect this game to be a win? No, no. I mean, and you say maybe you used your last year mulligans. This shouldn't have been a mulligan. This was a loss all along. Your mulligans were losing to the Texans and losing to the Falcons. That's true. Yeah, those are the mulligans you gave up because mm-hmm. you, you could have easily won both of those games. You know, losing to San Francisco at San Francisco is I say bad loss. It's not. But it, 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 you were expected to. Now, the the thing is, is they had chances to win it. They were they were in the, in the game till the end. They were, I mean, you know, they gave up a lot of points early and then held them, and gave the offense a chance to get back in it. Now you had some drop passes, you had, you know, some issues there, but you know they they didn't play poorly today. Uh, you know, they got burned a couple times, and the injuries are the bigger concern of anything. No doubt. Yeah, they really are. I mean, and they control their own destiny still. They're they're four and six. They're a game out mm-hmm. in the NFC South. You've already beaten yes. New Orleans, and they're the team ahead of you by a game. If you right. beat them again, like you control everything. Now, you can't have bad losses moving forward. I mean, okay, if you lose to Jacksonville, sure. So that's now your seventh loss, let's say. So now you maybe one more loss. But you have to beat New Orleans. Right, because the tiebreaker would then favor you, and then you could finish with the mm-hmm. same record. The thing that's, that just seems a little confusing is that you say, um, and you're right, they do control their own destiny, and, and Chris Godwin made a point of that uh, to me after the game. But by the same token, does a team that has just lost five out of six have a realistic expectation that they can then win five out of seven or six out of seven? See, that's the problem. And I know I, I know that those are teams that they can and maybe should beat, 
Um, but they just haven't done a lot of winning since October. October 1st, as a matter of fact. Mm -hmm. um, they've had one win since then. And it's damn near Christmas in my house. So I just, you know, the one thing I think is true, though, Steve, and you made the point, is that there are parts of their game that is getting better. Now, what always happens in these instances is when you get to November, December, you need some health. You need some luck with injuries. This team is going the opposite direction of that. The, the, the flaw of this roster is this. They had all this salary cap money, you know, dead money that they had to get rid of. And so they didn't go out and get any free agents. And so what that meant was you kind of keep the guys you have, the veterans, and then you bring in a bunch of rookies and guys that don't make any money. Well, what happens when you lose a starter like Levante David? Guess what? The drop-off is huge because you're not going to a guy that's a veteran, you know, like a Quan Alexander or somebody that Pittsburgh could go to before he got hurt. You're dropping all the way down to Savacier Dennis, right? And nothing against Savacier. He may one day be a, a really good player, not a fast player, although Levante's lost some, some miles per hour too. But in no way, in no way can he line up with Devin White and even come close to playing the same level of football as Levante David, who had another great game, by the way. He had a, had a sack. He also eclipsed Rondé Barber as the second-leading tackler in franchise history. Um, he was really good until he pulled a groin muscle. And groins are not something that you can come back from right away, generally. Um, in fact, they can take you know longer than you would expect at times. So between that and both starting corners, and I would be really concerned with Jamel Dean. Jamel Dean got beat on a deep ball, the 75-yarder, that, you know, probably was sort of what, what got him in the hole but with Brent, to, to Brandon Ayuk, who had a career day. Um, and when he fell backwards, somehow uh, he suffered a uh, foot-slash-ankle injury. Now, I don't know what exactly that means. Um, they did get a cart, however, at one point uh, to take him, you know, into the locker room, et cetera. And when I hear that, I think immediately Achilles because that's where that intersection is, right, between the foot and the ankle. So whether that's season ending or something will knock him out for weeks, I don't know. Uh, Carlton Davis also had an injury at a hip of some kind, which, you know, he's been battling injuries all along, um, missed last week's game. and. Yeah, Levante is, is an issue. And even Tristan Wirfs, who came back in the game, he got nicked up as well. So as the season goes along, you don't know that you're going to have the same football team that you had on Sunday, and that's just the nature of the game. Um, but there are some signs that they've gotten somewhat better in some areas. I think their young receivers are starting to step up. We can talk about that in a minute. But I, I just feel like, this is it. Like, you know, yeah, one, maybe, maybe as many as two games if you, if you lose the right ones. But there, there's momentum to a season. There's momentum to a game. And these guys have lost all their momentum. I know last week they, they did win a big football game and snapped that losing streak. But that doesn't carry over from week to week uh, unless you can do it again. And now they have to go back on the road. They're in this middle of this, you know, terrible road stretch where I'm here to tell you, you know, winning on the road is tough. Uh, it's been hard for them to win anywhere, but winning on the road is really tough. So I don't know where that leaves them. Um, but Todd Bowles sounded concerned, and, and the urgency has been expressed in that locker room. They know where they stand. Yes, they 
control their own destiny. But man, it's 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 got to turn, and it's got to turn really fast as far as walking out of there with wins instead of losses. Well, yeah, they control their own destiny. But as you said, what they've lost, what five or six? Five or six. Like yeah. You know, you've got to turn that around. Like it's easy yeah. to sit there and say we control our own destiny and great. Next week we go to Indianapolis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're an okay team. They're without Just their starting okay. quarterback from the season, uh, but they yeah, they have a better record. You. They have a better record than the Bucks. They're five and five currently. Exactly right. You know, that's and, exactly right. And they have every expectation to beat this team. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Nobody the Bucks play, including Carolina. Uh, will they think they don't have a chance against Tampa Bay? Mm-hmm. They're all going to think that, and they're going to be confident when they go into those games. And winning on the road is tough, and it's, it's winning anywhere is tough for the Bucks right now, and it's getting tougher. Can you see parts of their games that are coming around? Yeah. But, you know, Todd Bowles knows what he's facing here. I mean, listen, they fire coaches in this league pretty quickly, and not that he's going to, you know, be fired before the end of the season or anything like that, Um and and I'm not even sure, depending on how it plays out, that he won't be back next year. But he's, his seat is pretty warm, and he knows it. And that's why he had the sermon about, you know, moral victories and things like that. They're past that. Um, but, but, um, it is still all there in front of him, and it's undeniable. I just don't know how many more weeks, you know, like you said, when the season started, we said, are they going to beat the Eagles? No. You know, are they going to beat the Lions? Mm, probably not. Are they going to beat the Niners? Hell no, right? But compared to last year, this was actually a better game. Like, they were better without Tom Brady than they were with him in this game a year ago. Well, you know, as we said, they, they had a shot at the end. Yeah. Multiple shots. I know. Actually. And, it's it's crazy. Know, and, you know, that's what you're looking for. I mean, there are no moral victories. And, and at the end of the year, they count how many wins, not actual yeah, wins, not moral wins. they were. Yeah. But can they take some stuff from this game to to go into Indianapolis and then play Carolina on that? I, I think they can. I thought I thought the play calling on offense was a lot better. I thought it was yeah. I thought they mixed it up a lot better. Um Yeah. You know, I thought they tried to get more players involved. Mm-hmm. Um they I, did. I, some of the young receivers you could see they're 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 trusting a little more. Mm-hmm. And giving opportunities to, I, I think mm-hmm. that's all good stuff for the offense. Um, you know, the defense gave up a lot of points quickly, relatively. You know, I mean, that's the hard part is you were chasing the game, right? Which which made yes, which made it true. tough. You know, I mean, I guess at halftime you're down thirteen seven, but then you gave up the you get what to, what it went to twenty seven seven, correct? And then yeah, it was twenty seven seven. I mean, they they yeah, gave at that up point the you're chasing, right? Yeah, I mean, even even and and this has been a constant with this team. And let's be honest, um, they started the game with all their starters. Okay, like they had both corners, all that, right? Down one safety, obviously, in Ryan Neal. But that aside, um, when you really look at them, the ball is still going over their heads. And this time it wasn't zone. This time it was man coverage. Right? They weren't getting their hands. And, and listen, I mean, the Forty ers are a handful. I mean, Brandon Ayuk is so fast, and Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey, and George Kittle had a big day. And you see these guys just wide open. And you go, wow, that's either play calling, breakdowns, or all of the above. Well, we've seen the all of the above. Um, the thing that Todd Bowles continues to harp on is they don't play the way they're supposed to play. Like There's breakdowns. There's, there's you know, 
uh, technique issues. There's all kinds of these things, and it's on the defensive side of the ball. And we'll get to the offense because they only score 14 points, and you're not going to win many or any games in the NFL scoring 14 points, even though a lot of games are low scoring these days. Um, but when you see that, you just kind of feel like they they make the game easy for, for teams. And so, yeah, you can't dig yourself out of 27-7 necessarily on the road against San Francisco with Brock Purdy that had the, you know, perfect passer rating, the first one for the 49ers since Joe Montana in 1989, for goodness sakes. Um, the kid missed four throws, four. Uh, that's just incredible to me. And, you know, you know you're having a bad day when Antoine Winfield Jr. has 16 tackles. <laughs> He's just back there catching guys before they, you know, make it to the end zone. Uh, that's, uh, I think, maybe, a, I think it might be a team record for the for a safety position. It was for a defensive may, back, yes. Most for a defensive yeah. back for the Tampa Bay history. Or, yeah. He may catch Rondy Barber's career total before the year's over the way things are going. I'm <laughs> uh, <laughs> just saying. I mean, like, you know, move over Levante David. Um, but that's been the, the theme all year long, right? Yeah, they locked down. Okay, good for you. You locked down Tennessee because you know why? Because they stink. Because Tennessee, all they do, they want to turn and run the ball. Um, they don't trust their rookie quarterback the way other teams do. And they've got, you know, one receiver. These dudes got five guys. And then they got guys off the bench that are good. And so you can't really, you know, it's, not, it's apples and oranges. Um, the Bucks defense has been bad this year. They have not played to their level of expectation. And, you know, points aside, like the Bucks had three possessions in the first half, Steve. There's your problem right there. They go three and out, excluding the kneel down, you know, on one play at the end of the half. But they go three and out. Then they don't get the ball back for like seven or eight minutes. Mm -hmm. um, they get a touchdown. Um and then the defense does what? You know, under two minutes, the Bucks score. It's a 10-7 game, right? 10-7. And then they give up the big play, you know, always the big play. And that gets San Francisco back down there, and, and they could have scored a touchdown, but they end up settling for a field goal. So it's okay. You're down 13-7, and you get the ball coming out. But, like, you can't give up 75-yard chunk plays, you know. I mean, for goodness sakes, Jake Camarda, Camarda, Pin them out at the two yard line. You know, Bucks come out, get the ball first half, can't second half, can't do anything, punt it. They punt them out at the two yard line, and a few plays later, the dude's in the end zone. That can't happen. That that's what can't happen in this league. You know, seventy five yard touchdowns. That you know, that's that's too hard to come back from on a, with an offense that that averages like seventeen points a game. Um, which has also been a constant. Yeah, there's minimal improvement, and there's you know, we could talk about the rookies and all that, and we will. Um, but it's it's just been a theme that this defense um, cannot make the big stop when they need to. And especially of late, they haven't been able to make the big stop either. Hey, so you guys have probably noticed this isn't the same uh, quality of uh, production that we're used to. And that's because I'm on the road to San Francisco and some of the equipment is not here for me uh, or with me, and that's my fault. But uh, we will be back tomorrow with the, uh, the level of production you're used to, but we appreciate your patience on that. So we'll talk more about the Bucks here and their rookie performances in just a second. But first, for the past 14 years, the skilled pros of May Electric Solar have been installing solar electric energy systems in Florida, 
They provide the most reliable solar equipment, the best installation methods and service, while helping homeowners cut energy costs with an environmentally friendly investment. May Electric Solar uses their own skilled employees, never subcontractors, and they always have offered the safest and most reliable equipment. Well, now May Electric Solar offers a 30-year no-cost equipment replacement and labor warranty. That means for 30 years. May Electric Solar, backed by Solar Insure, means your roof electrical equipment and replacement is covered. Solar Insure even survives May Electric Solar and is owned by the homeowner with no deductibles or additional fees. Now, this policy will transfer to new homeowners as well with no fee. This is not a blanket insurance policy. In fact, only the best contractors are allowed to be part of this program. May Electric Solar's reputation and history of workmanship has earned them this membership. To learn more about May Electric Solar's installation and their 30-year warranty, call 727-819-2862 or visit mayelectricsolar.com. Okay, let me ask you this question because I had mixed emotion, mixed, mixed feelings, not emotions. I'm not emotional about anything, but I had mixed feelings about this. So in the first half, okay, Mike Evans had two targets, and he caught one for a one-yard touchdown. Yay. Okay, two targets. That was a you know good play by Baker Mayfield, though. It was a very good play. Because yes. a lot of quarterbacks would have just let that thing fly, and it would have been a pick six. That is correct. He held it, correct. let Mike Evans hit a second window, mm-hmm. and threw mm-hmm. it in. That was, a, that was a veteran good play by Baker Mayfield. Savvy, yeah. Nice nice uh, reading of his body mm-hmm. language. Those two have got a nice uh, sort of chemistry going. Um, so, yeah, so he throws the touchdown, which is great. Okay, touchdown. It was a big. He, he's second in the NFL, I think, with seven touchdowns or something like that. Um, but two targets, one catch, one yard. Okay. Chris Godwin, first half. Zero targets. I'm sorry. I'm the play caller. I know teams want to double my two outside receivers. I know they're trying to stop and make life hard for Mike Evans and Chris Godwin because they know that's what I want to do. And I think it's great that Baker Mayfield is throwing to the open guy. But I'll be damned if it's a good game plan if Chris Godwin has zero targets and Mike Evans has two in the first half. I And now, granted, now remember now, and this is the other thing that brought, Todd Bowles brought up, they went three and out the first possession, okay? They only had three possessions and actually four, but one of those was a kneel down. So you're not getting a lot of plays to begin with, but the ones you did get, you didn't get the ball to your two best players. That can't happen, can it? I mean, you don't think so, but the, the three drives is a factor in that. I mean, it is. You know, it is. You don't have that many plays, yeah. Yeah, I mean that, that's the whole, the whole part is what they had three plays the first drive. I'm going through nine, mm-hmm. so uh, twelve, twenty two plays in the first half. Take yeah, out the it's just not a lot. Yeah. No, it's not. Yeah. Um, although twenty two plays is enough to target Evans and Godwin more than twice. Yeah, total. <laughs> yeah. Now, you know. The other side of this coin, and I wrote about this in the Tampa Bay Times and on TampaBay.com, they got some decent per- performances from mm-hmm. their rookies. You know, some guys stepped up, um, which is important, you yes. know. And, I mean, you can go down the list and, look, I I think that uh, Rakeem Jarrett had the biggest play maybe of the year um, with like a 41-yard reception. Mm-hmm. And that was huge. Um, I don't think that Devin Tompkins had 
any catches, but he did run the football and he had that 51 yard punt return that got them right back down there, you know, in uh, scoring range. And then you had um, Trey Palmer had a couple catches as well. So those guys, you know, they filled, they filled the, the, you know, sort of the void there. Um, and then, you know, Mayfield said that in addition to not having many plays, he goes, look, when we got into the second half and we could tempo it because we were trying to, you know, we're down by several scores, obviously, at 27-7, and we're trying to go up tempo. They can't sort of scheme up a lot of defenses. They're going to play soft zones and whatnot and make you not score quickly, although the Bucks did score in five plays. But they're going to they're gonna try to do some things that will enable uh, Godwin and Evans to be open a little bit more. And so that that's why they kind of, you know, that, that flipped itself in the second half where he's able to get the ball to those guys. But I still don't – I never. I would never as a play caller want to come out of the first half and go, yeah, you know, Chris Godwin didn't get a target. What happened? You know, I just – I think it's on him to get those guys going. Because the other thing is you want them to be involved. Like, you you know, you want them to be rewarded for all those routes and all that work and all that practice. And it's on you. They can't throw it to themselves, you know. Um, so somehow, some way – they need to get that rolling. They didn't really run the ball that well, I didn't think. Um, you know, obviously you come out of there and you got 66 yards on 18 carries, and you know it's a 3.7 average. And you know, again, Rashad White just nine carries for 30 yards, which is only a 3.3 average. So that's not good. Tompkins had a 17 yard, you know, end around. Yeah, I mean, your running backs what 13 carries for 38 yards. Yeah, which which is you know that's that's who they are, right? Like that mm-hmm. that part has not changed. Now they they're starting to you know throw the ball to White more, and so that's kind of an extension of the run game, mm-hmm. and they've moved the the change that way. I thought Mayfield played okay. You know, I, he 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 did he didn't miss a lot. I mean, if again if Otten catches the touchdown, you're one score down, you get the ball to come right back down there again, had a shot to score to take the lead. You know, at twenty eight twenty seven. Um, and I know the 49ers were very frustrated that they were, you know, going three and out and not not possessing the ball in the fourth quarter. That that was not their standard. Like, they were upset after the game about it. You know, Mr. Perfect, you know, Brock Purdy seemed to have a pretty good day. Um, they could have done more. So, in all, like, when you come out here in the West Coast and you're playing a team that's got as many weapons as they do on both sides of the ball, I'm telling you, man, it's almost unfair when you watch their defense. Like, Chase Young, like, really? You know, you needed that with Nick Bosa mm-hmm. and Fred Warner and, you know, the, the linebackers that they have on that side of the ball. They are they are tough. They may have lost their starting safety, though, uh, for the season, which is unfortunate uh, for San Francisco. But, um, yeah, there's just a lot of young kids played for the Bucks. I mean, you had Kayvon Merriweather um, started at safety um, with Winfield, you know. Um, we mentioned the receivers, obviously. And then how about this guy? Yaya Diaby. Ooh, he's having. He's he's getting he, better every week. Oh, he looks like a baller now, doesn't he? He's got four sacks already. He had two two of the four sacks he had in the game for the Bucks on Sunday. That gives him four, which is the second most in the league by any rookie. And the leader, the team leader on the Bucks has four and a half, and that's Vita Vea, who played in the game, but he was he was ill coming into it, so I don't know, you know, if that affected him or not, yeah. but. Which, by the yeah, way, yeah, in, yeah, a th- I mean, in a three-four defense, when your interior guys are leading in sacks, that's not good. It's usually not a good sign. <laughs> no, it really isn't. It really isn't. But uh, but Diaby looks like a player. Yes, you know, he looks like a really good player. Like I, 
I think you're going to see more and more of them and less and less of Joe Tryon, Joe Tryanka, Shoinka, Tryon, Shoinka. I've just changed his name, but I kind of like it better. We can combine (laughs) it, make it Troyanka instead of just Joe Troyanka. Would that work? Um, But yeah, it's um, some of the rookies are starting to flash because guess what? They're not rookies anymore. They played a lot of football. Uh, Usually hit the wall about this time, but a lot of these guys have been brought along slowly. So Yaya is somebody to, you know, watch closely because I think he's got a lot of football left in front of him. I think you're going to see more of him on the field. For sure, especially after the performance he had on Sunday. And that is good. That it's good to get those young guys and get production. If you get production from young guys, it's a young man's game. They're, they're faster, you know, quicker, recover better, all those things. So, again, you know, no one game is you know, all doom and gloom. But um, I know there's, you know, a lot of people out there with the hashtags, fireballs, and all this stuff. It's not going to happen, I don't believe, during the season. Glazers have never done that. And everything is, in fact, still in front of them. And that's not going to be, you know, change un- until or unless the Saints or somebody rips off a bunch of wins in a row and the Bucks continue to lose or Atlanta continues to win or something like that that happens that puts them further and further behind in the NFC South. And I, I think it's probably going to go down to January game, you know, um, maybe at Raymond James Stadium. Like, we don't know. But um, so, yeah. It's a long flight home. Todd Bowles will talk today around 2.30, I think, they said. Um, I don't know if I'll be there, but uh will be my way back from San Francisco as well. But you can read about it in the Tampa Bay Times on TampaBay.com. We'll see what the health of the team is first and foremost. And I know there's going to be some nervous MRIs going on, especially with Jamel Dean. That's the one that I would say is tough. And then, and then Levante David at his age. You know, to have a groin injury, you just don't know how quickly he can come back from that because they're hard injuries to come back from in the first place, and it, it didn't look good. So um, the prospect of having to play, you know, rookie linebacker, some really young corners, um, you know, that's that's not going to be the best recipe for winning five out of the next seven games, you know. And those other teams are also getting better. Like Carolina's getting better, um, even though they, you know, they fell to Dallas. It was a game for a while. You know, so – as you get in November, December, you start to see you start to see your team's identity. You start to see younger players grow up, and I think the Bucks have seen some of that, just not enough playmaking yet. And according to Bulls, the same mistakes they've been making, the, the attention to detail, some of the coverages, not getting hands on receivers, doing certain techniques wrong, is costing this team. And he coaches defense, and that's inescapable because if if it winds up in part being, you know, a big reason why the Bucks don't get in the playoffs and don't win enough games. They'll look at the fact that Todd Bowles is the defensive coordinator and they'll say, well, that's your side of the ball. So if you can't get it done there, you may have to go. So um, it's going to be going to be an interesting week. Uh, I, I think we're going to see a lot of guys missing practice. There's always a few more, too, on top of the ones you know about when they get back to Tampa and they start, you know, they wake up the next day, you see how sore they are. So that's always a big problem as well. Especially after a long flight, too. Yeah, exactly. 300-pound guys like Tristan Wurz flying, you know, five hours home is is, is not ideal, to Mm -hmm. say the least. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. 
For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. So while I was away, I noticed that the Tampa Bay Lightning came from behind and won a game. Yeah, it was a crazy game Saturday night. First time they've won trailing going into the third period. Uh, they got down 2 nothing early. Uh, mm-hmm. Then Nikita Kucherov gets two goals. And then they go down 3-2, tie it 3-3. They go down 4-3 and then get the last three goals to go up to win it 6-4. to four. Uh, Nikita Kucherov, one of the sickest passing plays you'll ever see on a power play. <laughs> I saw it. Uh, I saw the replay. I mean, Stamkos had so much time to shoot that in. It's not even fair. Like, really. Uh, well, but but the light, lighting played well. They, they, yeah, the power play, they got two power play goals, went five for five on the penalty kill against Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. That's phenomenal. Now, they That's did phenomenal. give up a shorthanded goal, but... Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, the Lightning, they beat the Oilers. They have the Bruins coming to town tonight. They're the top team in the Atlantic, top team in the Eastern Conference. So, um, this is kind of a measuring stick game, I think, tonight. Yeah. A lot of that going on. <laughs> Well, that going on around here. How far are we from Vassy coming back? That's what everyone uh, Probably about. about a week. I mean, you That's know, all? Cooper after said. After Thanksgiving, right? Well, yeah, after Thanksgiving. I mean, you're saying, we said if it's December 1st, he's going to be disappointed. So that's next Friday. So, oh, yeah. you know, is it, they're, they, they're home against Boston tonight and they get Winnipeg at home on Wednesday. Then they go on the road to Carolina. Then they head out to Colorado and that, you know, maybe it's on that trip somewhere that Vassy comes back. I'm not so. sure they could be any more happy with Jonas Johansson for what he's done, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, he's been great. I, I thought he probably wants a goal or two back from Saturday night, but they got the win. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. but, but I mean, when you went into the season with a goalie who had played, what, 35 games in the NHL prior, and that became your starting goalie, and Matt Tompkins, you brought him from Europe as your second, you know, your backup now uh, for the first two months of the season, essentially to be where they're at record-wise at this point and to see the way he's performed, I don't think you could have asked for any better. Yeah, no, I agree. And um, I mean, their problems know, have not been goalie. No. You know, it's the turnovers. Uh, it's not even poor defensively. It's the turnovers that's just killed them. And, and in yeah. bad spots, at bad times, you know, the, the times when you can't turn the puck over, they, turn, they seem to turn it over and it ends up in their net. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a good win. It's a big win for him at home, and you know now they got to see if they can take on some of the big boys with, mm-hmm. with yet another measuring stick game, which I love. Because I got to tell you, the measuring sticks have come up a little short here for the Bucks of late. Um, they are who we thought they were, you know, uh, a middling team that has a chance to compete in the NFC South because it's really, really a bad division, and and that's there's no other way around it. It is, you know, uh, the Falcons going back to uh, Desmond Ritter. Mm-hmm. I think that's a bad move. I know why they're doing it, um, but I don't think he's going to win the NFC South. So to me, it comes down, you know, between the Saints and Tampa Bay, and um, you know, and they have a win over the Saints, and they get them again, and then they got to get some others. They got to find, you know, four or five more wins at least um, to see if they can get to nine, and, and then have the tiebreaker. But all is not lost uh, except for this game, and uh, that is their fifth loss in six weeks. But we will be back tomorrow. Todd Bowles will talk to the media around 2.30. We'll see what he has to say with the injuries of this club. He had no updates after the game. Um, but I can tell you, watching guys walk around, Carlton Davis did not look good. 
Tristan Worf spent a lot of time in the tub. Um, and then, of course, we didn't see Jamal Dean because I think his injury is probably the most serious, and along with Levante David with the groin. So check it out. We'll uh, update you on TampaBay.com and in the Tampa Bay Times. Thanks for listening. For Steve Burst and Comic Strive, Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.